Greetings. Welcome back to the Cape Lead Revolution. This is Chachi out on another gorgeous morning walk. Uh, and gorgeous maybe isn't the term. It's a little bit chilly out here. But, uh, you know, it's not bad for living in the uh, southern part of the United States. So it's maybe 45, 50 degrees here in Phoenix this morning. But it's going to get up to, you know, about 70 or 80 degrees. So I can't complain too much today. But what I wanted to talk about today is um, is a little bit of a follow-on from the podcast yesterday on resolving conflict. And today it's about uh, solving problems inside your organization. If something goes wrong, what can you do? What can you think about? What are the processes that you can follow that is relatively easy, is repeatable, and... Um, realistically is as well-rounded as, as, as you would want it to be. And so today's podcast comes to you from retired Colonel Gary Kling and his call sign is Static. And Static and I fly together now and he's a, he's a phenomenal guy and he and I have great conversations about leadership, about leadership application, about our careers and, and, and different things. And so I was talking about expectations and some of the study that I'd done on expectations and he presented his methodology for how to get stuff fixed. But the cool part is, is his methodology was born of him working inside the Pentagon and he was working for then General Mattis, who went on to become the Secretary of Defense. And he, he, he kind of had this, had this cool scenario and so he and, and his team of people who were the think tank there, who were in charge of, I guess in, in, in very general terms and not getting too specific on any one thing, were in charge of feeding information to the top levels of the Marine Corps and or the Navy. And they had counted the number of steps it would take to go from their office over to the Secretary of the Navy's office. And so they needed those steps to explain problem sets and what was going on in any of those environments in a way that was quick, easy, well-rounded, complete, however you want to say it. And so he developed this thing called for practice, for practice. That's F-O-U-R, for, the number four, practice. But practice is spelled with two C's, P-R-A-C-C-T-I-C-E. And so when we talk about four practice, it's four P's and then practice to go forward. And this, uh, you know, when, when I talk about expectations and I talk about expectations in the past, I talk about uh, the four by two. What was the expectation? Who led the expectation? Was it really an expectation, i.e. was it an assumption or anticipation? And was it realistic? And then I ask internally two questions. Did I do everything in my power to help them find success? And was I absolutely clear on my expectations? So that is a, a good general way to start a conversation. I think this for practice way of talking about things is very, very complete. Because when I say, what is the expectation? The next step for me now is to follow this for practice. And... Perhaps this is uh, a, a little bit advanced. Perhaps to some of you, uh, this could be overkill. You know, if, if you're working 
inside an organization. And again, so I spent my entire adult life in the United States military. So I don't know what a civilian organization looks like. So, you know, every time I think of it, sadly, I go back to the 1999 movie Office Space. And so I think about the people in the cubicles, that, that, that type of environment, and I guarantee it, it, is, it is not that way. But then I go back to, to different environments that, I, that I, I see on TV or just from the quick conversations that I have with friends. But what I would offer is if you can follow this for practice and if you can understand for practice, uh, this could be a very simple way. And perhaps simple is, is the, the wrong term. Perhaps that uh, this is a very efficient way or a very effective way. And I believe this to be both efficient and effective. Those aren't necessarily synonymous. And again, if you've listened to the podcast, you know I cannot stand synonyms. So, for practice, problem, people involved, perception, processes involved, resources required, authority, capability, capacity, timing, issues unresolved, courses of action, end state. That is what each one of the parts of four practice is. So start off with problem. You need to clearly define the problem and realistically define the subparts to the problem. Because let's say if I were, I just saw yesterday, I saw the stuff for Tesla's new truck, right? And so if I, if something goes wrong inside that truck, I can say, Hey, the problem is there's something wrong with, with the truck. And they say, okay, what specifically is it? Well, it is the transmission. And then we have to figure out, is this an electrical problem? Is this uh, a mechanical problem? And then figure that out. And then perhaps if it's just a purely mechanical problem, then perhaps the parts that we use were faulty. And then each one of blah, blah, blah is going to crack or break or won't seal and, you know, and, and figure it out from there. So clearly defining the problem and subsets of subsets of the problem. Next, people involved. And people involved is not to be confused with people responsible. Right? We're not we're not trying to assign blame right now, but we can just talk about the people involved. And this this to me could be the people involved. And then you could also list people that should have been involved or the people that shouldn't. Oh, I'm sorry. People that that should be involved, people that perhaps shouldn't be involved, the people that could have been involved. This is a great way to outline the, the people and everything else that, that could have been involved to help find success. Perception. This is huge. You can go back a couple of podcasts ago. You can talk about, you know, perception versus perspective, right? So the perception is that A, B, or C happened, but that perception is based on somebody's perspective. So I, so I think you can, you can add in a little understanding of, of perspective when we're talking about perception there to help make this a little bit more well-rounded. Processes involved. This ends up being huge because so many times our man-made processes, the very things that, that we're trying to help facilitate efficiency and to make sure that we're putting out a a safe product, you know, th- things of that nature. 
sometimes that hierarchy that we build in is contrary to what we want to have happen. And it's funny, I was listening to the Craig Groeschel podcast yesterday. And if you haven't listened to this, I highly recommend you do it. Uh, C-R-A-I-G-G-R-O-E-S-C-H-E-L, I do believe. Forgive me, it's like five o'clock in the morning here. But it's just called the, the Craig Rochelle Podcast. He's got a great leadership podcast and he puts it out the first Thursday of every month. And I was listening to one of his episodes yesterday and he had this phenomenal quote that one of his buddies had told him. And the quote is that policies are organizational scar tissue. And that stopped me cold. Because again, if, if you've been listening to this, you know I talk about scar tissue and that people have their own scar tissue, that, but we don't teach people to ask about scar tissue or how to have a conversation about scar tissue. So when I heard him bring this up, this was absolutely huge. And so, and I thought about it, he's absolutely right, is that we put out policies inside the organization because of something that went wrong. And a lot of times, and again, I'm not gonna call it a knee-jerk reaction, but realistically, Maybe you can sit back and think that, hey, maybe this, this, this was just the actions of a careless person. I'm not going to say stupid person or dumb person or <sighs> deceitful person or malicious person, anything like that. But perhaps it was just a, a, a careless act by possibly a careless person. And, you know, sitting back and thinking for yourself, hey, is this going to happen again? Or are you going to put out these policies that's gonna, built to cover your ass to make sure that, that this isn't gonna happen again and that you can't be found you know, liable, accountable, however you wanna say it. So that, 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 was, that was very interesting. So, so I think about this when it talks about processes involved. Now I immediately think about that, uh, like policies and, uh, and whether those were put in place as a reaction to organizational scar tissue. So I thought that was a, a very great point that, that Craig had brought up. And so think about that for yourself. And I you know in a military context, so many things that we do are in response to bad things. So we make sure it doesn't happen again. And uh, I, I've seen that play out too many times in my career. I think it's really, really unfortunate that we can't just accept an isolated act of buffoonery as simply that. And that a lot of time we have these knee-jerk reactions but then again, I'm also the, the person that, you know, commanders and leaders need to make sure that you're not setting a bad trend. And perhaps if this is a culture problem, that they're not making a knee-jerk reaction, but rather the people inside that organization are lifting their leg up for them. So again, uh, another podcast about that. But again, uh, the processes involved, I think it's key to analyze if these are processes, you know, if this is going to be some of the policy stuff that we have and then kind of deciphering why they're in place to help get to the root of what you're what you want to find resources required that ends up being huge obviously a lot of that comes down to money some of its time some of its people but identify the resources required to find success now now perhaps as you're going through this you're going to find that there weren't adequate resources at the time and maybe you can only see that and understand that looking to the past and that's okay that's why they say hindsight is 2020 vision but let's just talk about it let's make sure we're figuring out and being able to talk about the resources authority this is a good one i love this because when something happens and somebody made a decision did they have the authority to do that 
Did someone else have the authority to do that? Should they have gotten the authority from somebody else? Did they usurp somebody else's authority? Right? So when we talk about the authorities, I love that because that's something that realistically I've never talked or I've never spoken about in my podcast. And I think this is a, a great way to kind of pin something that not a lot of people think about was, you know, did the people making these actions have the requisite authority to do so? Capability and capacity are, are the two C's that are coming up next. And these I view as, as, as completely different. And we talk about capability and capacity. I think a lot of people screw these up because, you know, if we have, let's say, I'm not walking right now, right? But let's say I have the capability to run a marathon. I have the capability to run 26.2 miles. Now, capacity. Do I have the time today to run 26.2 miles? Therein lies the difference between capability and capacity. I may have the capability to do work. I just don't currently have the capacity to do that work. And so I think for us, it's, it's very beneficial for us to understand these concepts and how they play out and how we can articulate capability and capacity uh, inside our respective teams or organizations to help them find success. Timing. You know, so much of life is, is all about timing. And it's very weird because timing includes so many different things. And one of the things that I learned from my buddy, Chief Master Sergeant Retired Jason Ellis, was he, uh, you know, he, he's, he's a maintainer. He turns wrenches. He worked on jets and then finished off his, his career working on, on C-17s, which is a cargo plane. And, you know, he just liked turning wrenches. And that's, that's what, what he loved to do. And he's a, he's a, a rough and tumble kind of dude. And when he and I worked together at Joint Base McGuire Dix Lakehurst in New Jersey, his guys wanted these wireless headsets to protect their ears, to facilitate communication. And Jay was like, nope, we tried this. It didn't work. The headsets suck. We tried this like 10 years ago. Blah, blah, blah. Not good. So he made his decision. Boom. Issue solved. He thought about it overnight. He came back in the next morning. And he said, hey, you know what? Buy two sets of these headsets to test them out. We'll get them here. We'll, we'll, we'll put them through the ringer and we, and we will try them out. And he did that because he had the realization that, yes, they tried this 10 years ago and it did not work. He saw no sense in repeating a process they had already tried that came to no avail. But he was smart enough to understand that technology has advanced a lot in 10 years. And maybe the no that they found 10 years ago could easily be a yes today, purely based off of technology. Lo and behold, they ordered them, they loved them, and then the whole unit bought them. Uh, absolutely phenomenal purchase. And I, I credit Jason greatly for having the foresight to kind of get away from his own, huh, perhaps you'd call it scar tissue, but he was able to get past his own truth and understand that his truth wasn't the fact. And he was able to move past it. Issues unresolved. This one I like a lot because we can talk about different things. And when we talk about issues un unresolved, sure, we can talk about, hey, this is a lingering issue. But maybe this is a byproduct 
of other issues that we weren't able to fix and tackle. And so that's what I like about the issues unresolved part of it is you're able to see how some of these things are correlated or linked in some way, shape, form, fashion. And a lot of it perhaps that, that you didn't even see before. And now all of a sudden you can see it and it's absolutely fine. Courses of action. So courses of action, I think, and hopefully by and large is a, a, a military term. It's, it's probably bled over in the civilian world right now. But these are the different options that you are going to have moving forward. And we kind of, the military defaults to at like at least two, at least two. You're going to go with the most likely and probably the most dangerous. So, and, but then you can figure out everything in between based off of those. And if you want to present somebody options, by all means, present somebody options. But what we do in the military is we, we develop these courses of actions. We analyze them. And then we, we have to approve them and we assign a specific uh, number. Like we have this approval matrix that gives different weights to the different priorities inside each course of action. And whether that's number of people involved or cost, things of that nature, you, you can weigh those out. Which one's the cheapest? Which one's the most expensive? Which one's the most effective, right? So you can easily break down courses of action that way if we're talking in a, in a you know, civilian sense and or business sense. You can figure that out. But listing out courses of action and then recommending a course of action is going to be huge. But if you're going to do that, we're going to put forward your recommendation. Having this for practice involved is going to help that greatly because you have done all this research. And so being able to talk about it and taking the conversation from interesting to compelling is going to be absolutely huge. Because if you're going to say, we recommend this course of action, the first question that you're going to get back more than likely is going to be why. And you need to be able to articulate that. And you don't want them to find your answer interesting, like, oh, okay, cool. You want it to be compelling. You want to compel them to take action in some way. And then lastly, the end state. That as you brief the four practice, you want to get to a specific end state. And realistically, what I would recommend that you do is before you even start this process, write down the paper, you write down the four practice and write down the end state first. Figure out where you want to get to at the very beginning. Then go through your entire four practice and at the end, be open-minded enough to be wrong. Be open-minded enough to think that the end state that you originally thought was going to be there may not be the end state that you're going to need and or have at the very end of the whole process. And the only reason I recommend you write it down ahead of time is because you are able to brief that. You are able to brief and say, hey, sir, boss, Ted, you know, whatever you wanna say. Be like, hey, when we started this process and or face value, it seems like the end state that we're trying to achieve is going to be A. But as we did our research, as we gathered the information, uh, in information, as we gathered the data, as we talked to more and more people, we did some digging behind the scenes, we were able to find out that this end state, end state A, isn't it. It actually needs to be end state Zulu for all of these reasons. And here we go. 
And that I think helps make a very interesting conversation. And so, I, man, I, I just, I wanted to put that out there. So Gary and I had a conversation about this coming up on, on a month ago. I've been trying to find a right way to kind of put it in. Um, because the, I mean, the minute he told me, I was like, man, you just, you just made a podcast. <laughs> like this is, this is so, I'm not going to say that this is easy, right? But again, if you can come up with a mnemonic device. So I love the, the four practice problem, people involved, perception. And again, perception. I mean perception and perspective, processes involved, resources required, authority, capability, capacity, timing, issues unresolved, courses of action, end state. Four practice, four P's, R-A-C-C-T-I-C-E. Oh man, I, I absolutely love it. And again, this, this isn't like when I, when I talk about my, my four by two or when I talk about the eight W's, the who and why, where and why, what and why, when and why, right? Those seem ridiculously inept compared to this. But this four practice is, is very specific. Like when there is a distinct issue at work, my stuff is used. And again, I, I, I kind of argue that I don't have a leadership methodology this is just a way to practice good dutership and for us to be good people. And so my way of practicing all these uh, simple things by passing the eight W's is for any interaction with any person or any team that we would have at any time. Just a simple way to pass information. But I don't consider it passing information. I consider it passing expectations and how well we can understand those concepts and communicate them clearly. But this for practice is almost exclusively about problem resolution, not conflict resolution per se, just problem resolution. If there is something that needs to be fixed, something that needs to be refined, if an accident happened, anything else, you can apply for practice to move forward. So I, 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 I love his concept. And, and again, I, I don't think it negates any of my study on expectation for the past, present, or future. I think this is completely additive when the situation arises that we really need to deep dive it, that you really need to sit down and truly examine what happened and why for practice is absolutely huge. So, man, oh, I appreciate your, your time this morning. I hope you're having a great week for me. It's a, it's a nice, cool little Saturday morning out, out being for a walk, hitting up the mountains here in central Phoenix. But oh man, I hope this podcast finds you well. I hope everything's uh, going right. I hope you're having the right conversations. And if you need help, if you have any questions, if you want some advice, you can always hit me up. Chachi at capelead.com, at Chachi Pachesa on Instagram, at Tim Pachesa on Twitter. Message me on the Cape Lead Facebook page. You can send me a text, 602-621-0821. And it's funny because the first time... Uh, Gosh, maybe about a dozen podcasts ago where I first put out my cell phone. One of my buddies called me up and he's like, yeah, you try to pass your phone number four different times. I'm like a moron. I'm not even sure if you got it right. I'm like, I know, I know. It was a brand new phone number. And in the moment, I just kind of lost myself. But yeah, text me, call me. 602-621-0821. Let's have the conversation and let's get the conversation right. All right, have a good one. And this is Chachi reminding you to always educate, anticipate, and dominate. We'll talk to you soon. See ya.